Colleagues, welcome back to the office and welcome to our presentation for today. This is K2's Integration Options for Personal Effectiveness. My name is Steve Yass. I'll be your instructor and presenter for today as we discuss and walk through some of the different options and opportunities we have for automating our life. Now, when I wrote this course, I wanted to bring to life some of the major things that I've been doing over the last several years to make life simpler, easier, faster, and more effective. Let's face it, today's environment, we are getting hit left, right, and center with so many different options, so many different work tasks that we need to do on a daily basis that it's frankly really difficult to be able to keep up. So in today's class, what I want to share with you is many of the things that I have been doing that I think are going to be helpful with respect for you learning how to automate and manage your life more effectively. Uh, and so what we're going to start off with today is a discussion of integration and automation. Uh, so we're going to talk about what these two components are and how they're interrelated with each other and how you can embrace one or potentially both of them uh, with respect to your day-to-day -day life. From there, we're going to go ahead and explore iPaaS tools. iPaaS tools are integration platform as a service. These are tools such as Zapier, uh, Power Automate, Ifit, and others. These are becoming much more approachable and much more common in today's world. Uh, these tools are low-code solutions where you can program, and, and I'm using that term very, very loosely here, you can program uh, how certain services should interact with each other. It gives you the ability uh, to be able to um, take information from system A and push it over to system B automatically. Uh, in the context of this, you know, you could have, for example, something inside of QuickBooks, for example, setting up of a new customer and have it automatically push over to your CRM solution, such as HubSpot or Salesforce or something else like that. So in the context of uh, iPaaS tools, they really are, in, in a lot of ways, like the last mile of uh, personal integration, where you could design workflows very simply around how you want to work and have these tools like Power Automate or uh, Ifid or Zapier, many of which we'll discuss today, do a lot of your day-to-day -day data entry and other management work like that. We're going to talk about some of the different automation within tools you're already using. Uh, there are automation things all over the place. And once you kind of recognize where they are and how they function, um, you can start utilizing them. And there are tools, for example, inside of Microsoft Excel. There are tools inside of Word. Outlook, Microsoft Teams, and others, including non-Microsoft products, including things like Adobe Acrobat. And then there are a variety of web-based tools like Calendly, as an example, or Change Detection, or Lysio, and others that can really be helpful with respect to kind of management and automation of tasks that you're doing every single day. Now, a course about automation would not be complete without a discussion of IVAs or intelligent virtual assistants. These are going to be things such as the Amazon Alexa services, the Google Home devices, Siri, Cortana, and others uh, that could be really helpful with respect to 
management of your home tasks. Uh, these don't have as much of a personal, uh, as much of a business use as they do a personal use, uh, but they can be really helpful for turning off and on the lights, uh, locking, unlocking your doors, closing, opening your garage door, and more. So we'll talk about what some of these IBA tools are, some of the ones that you might want to consider, as well as some uh, things inside of those uh, services that you might want to consider uh, utilizing. Because, I mean, they really are incredible. Uh, I personally have been using the Alexis for years, and I think you're really going enjoy a service like this as I have because it's just saved me so much time in my personal life. And I'm also going to do the best I can to kind of pepper in some different techniques uh, for time management, things that I think you could use. We're going to talk a little bit about the Stream Deck, which is one of my absolute favorite go-to tools uh, and how you can leverage that. So today's class, if I were to summarize it, we're going to sit at the avenue of integration and automation. We're going to explore this space where these two things come together, uh, where integration automation can really improve your life. I'm hopefully going to give you some skills to simplify uh, your day-to-day tasks and different ways that you can perform work more effectively uh, and more. And as hopefully you'll walk away with some better uh, ideas that you can improve your productivity. If you wrote me an email and said, hey, Steve, I save 10 hours a week uh, or you know, 10 hours a month even, uh, I will consider that a win for today. Now, for those of you who have not had a class with me before, again, my name is Steve Yoss. I am an instructor and presenter here with K2. Uh, my life and career is kind of split right down the middle. I spend about half my life working with you wonderful folks, teaching and training with the profession. And I spend about the other half of my life uh, building software. Uh, and I, in my business of Debmatics, we build all sorts of custom applications and tools and mobile apps and more for all different types of organizations. Uh, ultimately, to do what I'm kind of doing in this class here to make those organizations more effective, efficient, and productive. All right, folks, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it and start our class for today. Okay, so in our first section, we're going to go ahead and start with understanding the core principles of integration and automation and understanding why and how these principles are distinct from each other, but then also very much interrelated uh, to each other. Now, integration is the flow of information between systems, okay? So when we talk about integrating things, we're talking about data or information being easily passed between systems without really kind of any human intervention. Um, so it doesn't really involve humans um, in the sense that, for example, if QuickBooks or Sage or whatever accounting system you happen to be using is integrated with your sales system, what we're really talking about is data moving from one system to the other without Steve or really kind of anybody in Steve's office having to do the work. Now, integration can occur on an events basis. Uh, this is what we would consider more of a real-time nature of um, integration where something happens and then something occurs. So, for example, in a events-based integration, we issue an invoice, we change a customer record, uh, that data flows from one system to the other without us really kind of having to do anything. Now, alternatively, we can do things in batch process or a scheduled basis. Now, in this particular instance, what happens is, is that once a day, once an hour, once a week, whatever is required, that information is moved from system A to system B. And that also is, can be really effective, especially for larger quantities of information. Now, generally, programming 
for integration follows the same workflow procedures as if a human operator had done the work themselves. Uh, and really, again, it's about moving data from system A to system B. Now, automation and integration go hand in hand. Now, automation is the fact that this can happen without the need for human labor. With integration, humans will program this work to occur. However, once it's being done on that triggered basis, on that scheduled basis, whatever we choose to end up doing here, that will just proceed automatically. And that continuation of that day in, day out, month in, month out, well, that's really the automation side of this. And so they really do go hand in hand, but they are distinct. Now, humans design these automation procedures, but the work is performed between the systems automatically. And once initiated, it will continue to run on its own volition until some sort of inter in intervention is going to be required. Now, we have automation all around us that have nothing to do with AI. They have nothing to do with machine learning or any sort of complicated uh, algorithm. You know, think about something as simple as the thermostat in your home or the thermostat in your fridge, your car, or anything else like that. You set a temperature and it maintains that temperature once set. So if it's your home and you set it to 72, it could heat the home, it could cool the home, it's going to do everything it can to maintain that temperature. Uh, a more complicated example of this would be like the traction control system in your car. It's taking in a number of real-world conditions, including things such as uh, the uh, the traction of the road, the, the speed of the motor, uh, the weather conditions, um, and more. And it will automatically adjust the traction based off of those real-world conditions. So nothing, again, to do with AI, nothing to do with machine learning, but rather it is sensor-based, and it's taking input from those sensors and managing those automatically for you. Now, why is integration and automation important and useful? Well, this might seem like a pretty common and pretty easily understood thing, and frankly, it is. Uh, there are some distinct things that are worth mentioning with respect to why integration should be pursued at every reasonable opportunity for an organization. Well, first and foremost, cost savings. Integration automation reduce manual labor in the long run. Uh, therefore, it saves money. Okay, It doesn't matter what integration or automation procedures cost. They will always be cheaper than human labor 100% of the time. So the more that you can integrate, the more that you can automate your work, the direct savings you will see because it will turn into less hours spent. Now, above and beyond that, we get air reduction. Integration will automate your data workflow and will do exactly what you tell it to do every single time. Uh, so unless the raw data, the underlying data itself changes, you can expect zero errors because it will do everything you tell it to do in exactly the way you tell it to do it. Integration automations is incredibly helpful and important for scalability, okay? If you're looking to grow a business, you cannot do that where labor rate and uh, revenue move at the same at the same speed. Ideally, you want to build a business where revenue can move very high and your costs stay relatively low. Well, and how we do that really is ultimately going to come down to efficiency. And with automation, uh, we can build something that can do things thousands of times a second potentially, and we won't have the need for that additional human capital to do that work. Uh, so at the very minimum, it'll allow us to take on more clients, take on more work without also having to add additional costs and having our cost drivers move at the same rate of revenue. So it's going to improve your ability to service more while at the same time reducing your uh, expenses as well as reducing your rate of errors.
It's absolutely essential for standardization. If you're looking to integrate and automate your different systems, you have to standardize. And standardization is a good thing in every possible capability. Uh, as much as you possibly can, you should actively seek to streamline and standardize how your business operates. Uh, for all the same reasons of why integration and automation are important, standardization has the same effect. It's also improving of your security. Automation is a great way to keep information secure because humans are not involved. Something like a password reset or somebody billing something to your business or putting in a credit card, you shouldn't have to have humans involved. It should do it for you automatically. So these are some of the most important reasons why you should consider automation and integration in your business. And frankly, there are so many different opportunities to pursue these. Okay, here are some just ones off the top of my head that I think are useful for you to know about. So, for example, inside of your email client, let's say you're using Outlook, guess what? You can use rules to automatically categorize, label, and organize your inbox and your incoming mail. Okay, if you're always putting something, you know, emails from Steve to the Steve folder, or you're already uh, always deleting emails from Aunt Gertrude because uh, uh, they contain information or jokes or political stuff that you don't want, guess what? Set up a rule. It'll just happen automatically and you never have to think about it again. Using uh, IVAs, those intelligent voice assistants like the Alexis, turn off and on the lights of your home at the end of your day. Uh, we use these in my house. At the end of the day, I can say, good night, Alexa. Guess what? It'll turn off all the lights in the home, ensuring that the house is as energy efficient as possible. Many device manufacturers, Amazon, HP, for example, they can automatically sense when your devices are running low and they can automatically reorder supplies for you. Uh, you can do this on a scheduled basis with Amazon where once a month, once a year, whatever you choose of whatever frequency you'd like, it can email you, or sorry, not email you, but send you paper or toner. Likewise, HP printers and many other manufacturers now can sense when they're running low on toner and automatically send you replacement uh, so that you don't have to think about it when you're running low. You can use tools like Power Automate to automatically process changes from your accounting system to your other company systems. So, you know, if you're the person in charge of setting up your clients, well, make your life a little bit easier. Use a tool like Power Automate or Zapier or Ifit, and when you set up a client in one place, it'll automatically push that data over to whatever other systems you're using. Okay, your company should pursue this. But if they don't, doesn't mean you can't. Makes your life a little bit easier. And I'll tell you what, saving a couple of minutes here or there uh, really can add up over time. You can use a tool such as a Stream Deck to launch your favorite applications just at a push of a button. We'll talk more about the Stream Deck here in a little bit uh, later. But just as a kind of a heads up, it is a physical hardware device that uh, is like an external keyboard. And it's got all your favorite applications and the different features and functions of those applications right in it. And you can do them with the push of a button. In, in fact, it's my personal favorite method of automation these days. Really, you should be looking for any task that's being done regularly. Uh, any frequent task that's simple, as low-hanging fruit, you should consider it for integration. Now, as great as integration is and as great as automation is, there are some things that you should definitely not consider for integration or automation. And it's just not that you can't do it. It's just that it's not really designed well. It, there's a good chance that it could run into issues. Uh, and frankly, it, it the cost benefit, at least when I do it in my head, doesn't always make sense. 
So some things that I would tell you maybe not to consider anything that's really manual or complex, especially anything involving human labor, you know, like, you know, unfortunately, I can't automate uh, taking out the trash uh, from my house on Sunday night and pushing the barrels down to the trash people on the street. You know, unfortunately, I could probably figure out and maybe build a robot to do that. But what's the time? What's the effort? It's not really necessary. And even though it's not complex, it is very manual. You don't want to automate or integrate anything that's not standard. If it's not consistent, move on. Okay, first focus on standardizing it, then consider how you're going to integrate and automate it. Some systems, frankly, don't support integration. A lot of older stuff, legacy stuff. Uh, again, it's not that you couldn't do it. It's a cost benefit thing. You might not want to consider integrating that because it might end up just not really being worth it. Any project where the requirements are not fleshed out and firm, okay? If you're changing your requirements, uh, first get those locked down, get those standardized, then consider automating. Uh, be aware there are in some upfront costs, especially in time. Uh, I can tell you that, for example, using my, my good uh, favorite device here, the Stream Deck, uh, this took a long time to get set up exactly the way I wanted. Now, I enjoy that work, uh, but I will tell you, you know, I spent hours figuring out my particular workflow, and then I went ahead and I put it into the Stream Deck, but it did take time. I'll tell you what, the time is is paid off in spades. I, I have since re- gotten a massive return on my investment here, but it does take time nonetheless. So you should be aware of that. Now, there are some features of good integration that you should be familiar with, some stuff that is important, okay? So what are some things that you should be considering as you start to plan your projects? Well, ideally, you should plan for a solution that is very scalable, something that can grow uh, as you're starting to pick the different tasks and services that you want to work with. Make sure that those tasks can scale with you. You should build integration that allows you to be able to trace something from start to finish uh, so that from an air checking and reliability perspective, you can drill in and see exactly where and how uh, that integration service is working. If there's a problem, you can fix it. Ideally, you pick something that is failure tolerant. So if computers go off, network issues, something like that, you're not going to lose the data and you'll be able to recover. You should plan for updates and upgrades as well as changes in business process. Nothing is forever. And I can tell you something as simple as my Stream Deck integration here or some of the Alexa services that I've I've done, I revisit them quite regularly because my needs change, like my business processes change, or there's a new thing I want to take advantage of. And I built in a certain measure of uh, resilience into my work so that I can be able to change it without destroying everything that I've done overall. Now, what should you be looking for when when integrating inside of your company as well as in your personal life? What tasks should Steve be thinking about? Well, I will tell you, repetitive things are usually the thing I'm looking for the most. Anything I'm doing a lot or in high frequency, uh, if it's something once a year, probably not. You know, I, I mean, at that point, what's really the issue? I've got a report that I do for a client comes up about every February or so. It takes me about an hour. I mean, I could automate it, but why? I mean, I'm doing that once, you know? So if it's work that you're going to do and you're going to do it once, just get it over with. Do it as fast as and as efficiently and as air-free as you possibly can. But stuff you're doing time in, time out, month in, month out, guess what? Automate it. It'll make your life so much faster and easier. 
you know, especially things that are simple, that don't really require a lot of work, um, are great examples of this. Password resets, signing up for an account, you know, from a business perspective are really good things to automate. I'll tell you what, I got an automatic dog figure for my beautiful poodle, uh, Winston. You know, it's simple. I just plugged in a schedule and guess what? It works every time and I don't have to worry about whether or not the dog is fed. Pick stuff that needs to be timely, stuff that needs to be done on a schedule where it's important you get it done and you get it done in the time period allotted. Again, something like billing of a customer, you want to make sure that's done as quickly as possible to not um, cause an issue with that customer. Pick stuff that is prone to error, especially if it's human labor, any sort of clerical stuff. Um, automate it and you'll eliminate the error and that is worth it just in and of itself. Pick stuff that has security, uh, anything that involves sensitive data that is not suitable for humans to be involved. Again, that password reset, you shouldn't have to call a company and say, hey, can you reset my password? They should be able to do that on their own and pick a password of their choosing. Likewise, anything involving credit or banking information should occur automatically. Uh, and anything stored in a system. I mean, if it's something stored offline, you know, I write a task list every single day. I mean, this is not something that can be automated or integrated for that matter because it's stored on a physical piece of paper in Steve's office. Uh, but, you know, I've got a digital task system you too using uh, um, Microsoft Planner. You know what? That stuff can be automated pretty well. Now, how do you figure out your personal tasks? How do you figure out the stuff that you yourself are doing? Well, I can tell you what, I'm very reflective about the work that I do. I, every single day, write a task list. Now, I like having a physical task list in front of me, uh, but this also, because I write, it gives me really good insight of where and how I'm spending my day. And so I have daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. I myself have discovered... Um, about 160 different things I do on a monthly basis. And I've automated many of those, but I wrote them down. That really kind of made me become a little bit more critical about how I work. And when I'm looking at these different tasks, I try to determine how many times each task is being completed per day, per week, per month. Uh, are these tasks done in the same way? If so, can they be automated? What are the requirements of those particular tasks? Uh, what do they need to be done to be considered complete for that matter? And, you know, if it's something I can do, you know, is this something that that would benefit me in the future to have some sort of um, automation for it? And I'd like to think about that objectively. I think about like, hey, what can be valued by automating this? And almost always it's I'm going to get more time back, which will allow me to take on more work, which will allow me to expand my billing, which will allow me to grow my company, so on and so forth. Uh, and often, again, that's going to help me reduce errors. It's going to help save time. Uh, it's going to allow the work to be tracked more easily. And also, I don't have this listed on the slide here. It also gives me the ability to be able to send that to somebody else too. You know, So if it's something that can be fairly automated, well, guess what? That's something somebody else inside of my company or my household can manage. But I really try to be critical. I really try to be uh, objective about the different work that I'm doing. And I try to find an avenue of making whatever I'm doing simpler, faster, and easier. Now, we're going to get started here and talking about some of the different integration and automation here. And this is really going to happen through a couple of different methods. Okay, so as you're starting to pursue integration automation in your life, you can do it through integration platforms, uh, which are tools such as If This Then That, Zapier, Power Automate, uh, and others. You can do some integration automation through desktop tools, Excel, Word, Outlook, Adobe Acrobat, and more. We'll talk about a bunch of them. Intelligent virtual assistants, the Alexas, the Google Homes, 
uh, Stream Deck, lots of opportunities. And uh, you're going to be able to pick not one, but multiple of these different paths and ultimately pick uh, a tool that will work for you and a tool that will help you um, gain some efficiency. And it's not going to be one thing. It's going to be multiple things that are ultimately going to come into it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and have our first poll and review question. All righty. So think to yourself here and pick an answer that you most agree with. Which of the following below would be the best candidate for integration and automation? So what would we want to think about here? Okay, well, the underlying, okay, what, what candidate, what type of project would be the best for integration and automation? Okay, would I want a project where the underlying raw data changes regularly and the work is performed infrequently? No, that doesn't sound good at all. Uh, would I want to do where a project requires data to be stored offline and not in a system? No, I would not want that. The correct answer here would be uh, when the underlying raw data is consistent and well-established and the project task is performed uh, daily. Anything that's really kind of well-established and anything that is uh, kind of standard, consistent, guess what? That is going to be something that is going to be a great candidate for integration. Okay, so in our next section, now that we've understanding what integration is and what automation is, let's go ahead and talk about for the rest of our presentation how we can achieve both of those. Uh, sometimes one, sometimes the other. Sometimes we're going to automate things. Sometimes we're going to integrate things. Um, it's really cats. Or it, it's it's really player's choice, and you're going to pick the right tool for the right job. But let's talk about some of the different methods now, getting into the technical side of this of how this can be achieved. And the first category of products and services and tools that we're going to talk about here are going to be IPaaS tools or integration platform as a service. Okay. Now, this is a category of product. It's not just one thing. It's not just one platform. It's a whole series of products and solutions and different tools and techniques uh, that you can consider using. Okay, now I like to think of iPass tools as trigger and action workflow tools. Okay, trigger and action. Okay, those two words have a lot of real importance, and let's try to unpack what those things will do. Okay, so you have trigger. Now, what is a trigger? A trigger is something that occurs, it is something that will initiate a series of actions inside of other systems. So, a trigger can be a lot of different things. It could be creation of a customer. It could be updating of a customer, deleting of a customer. It could be the creation of um, a task inside of our task management solution. It could be sending of an invoice. It could be processing of a payment, whatever. But it's a defined thing that occurs, okay? It's something that there is a definite before and an after of what occurs that will ultimately kick off a series of additional actions. These iPass tools can be a one-to-one -one thing where one trigger equals doing something in one of their places, but more often what we're seeing is a whole set of workflow where a trigger will occur in one thing and will initiate a series of multiple different actions and lots of other solutions working on behalf of the customer of the user, of the vendor, of whomever is required here, okay? And so it could be, and we'll talk through some different examples here, customer gets created, and then that customer record uh, from system one goes to system two, three, four, and then finally an email gets kicked out to that person, 
Okay. What I want you to know is the trigger is something that happens. Actions are things that the automation and integration will occur on behalf of that user. Now, what's really cool, and there are lots of different products that support uh, iPaaS, is that almost all of these are low-code solutions. Uh, there are tools that, with minimal understanding and expertise, you can choose to do on your own. Okay, doesn't require a lot of additional work or effort. It's all going to be relatively simple, and all of the work itself is going to be done on either a uh, web browser or through a mobile app. So I love these because they're very approachable for people. They take a lot of the headache and effort out. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it's like a black box to you, you know, in the sense of how it goes and does the authentication and the data transfer, the administration, the management. I mean, all of this just occurs in the background. All you really have to focus on is the inputs and the outputs. And because of this, it makes it a really good option for lots of different projects. It's really cool if you're getting started, exploring options. And because all the logic and programming is in the iPass tool itself, you don't have to really learn any technical thing. It'll just do the work for you. So uh, if you're a person just kind of getting started with some more of the, the technical and automation stuff, guess what? This is going to be a really good solution because it's just going to work really, really well for you and no need to learn any programming. But I will point out, can't hurt. Now, some examples, these are going to be a little bit more business focused, but just imagine you're a controller, you're an accounting person inside of a company. Here are some different things that you can consider to do. Okay. Now, iPass tools can be used to do a lot of routine business things. Okay. Let's use our accounting system as an example here. Well, a trigger could be that a customer record is created inside of QuickBooks. Well, the action, the iPass tool, if you're choosing, uh, create the customer record maybe in your CRM solution, Salesforce, HubSpot, Dynamic CRM, or more. Okay. Another trigger, okay, salespeople have their own tools. They've got Salesforce, they've got HubSpot. Well, they go and they update the customer address inside of HubSpot. Well, guess what? The iPass tool sees that that uh, update had occurred, and then we'll push it back to the accounting solution, back to QuickBooks, so that the invoice uh, gets sent to the correct address. Okay, trigger, a new invoice is created in QuickBooks. Okay, well, the iPass tool is going to go ahead and see that the um, invoice had been issued and maybe it sends a message inside of Microsoft Teams letting the salespeople know that that new uh, invoice has been added. Okay, another example. Let's say that invoice is paid in QuickBooks. Well, guess what? That iPass tool sees that the status of that QuickBooks invoice has changed and will then mark the invoice as being paid inside of the uh, CRM solution. Okay, maybe it also updates an Excel workbook where you're tracking AR just for quick, uh, you know, kind of a side ledger um, just so the salespeople know and they don't have to go and look inside of the QuickBooks system. The point is something happens in one system and it goes and does something somewhere else, okay? Maybe this might help to see it visualized across uh, all these different systems. Let's say you've got, uh, for example, again, QuickBooks over here, and this is where your trigger occurs here. You create a new customer record. Well, inside of that customer record, what's it going to have? It's going to have a name. It's going to have an address. It's going to have an email. It's going to have terms. It's going to have a whole bunch of stuff. And we can have a whole series of workflow that will go. So let's say in action one, we go inside of HubSpot and we create a record uh, inside of that customer relationship management so the salespeople know that this is a customer and we are, in fact, now billing them. 
Okay. The next action, for example, let's say your company is using Teams, which is a wonderful communication tool inside of uh, your 365. You should absolutely be using it here. So many integration and automation techniques inside of it. Well, guess what? It's going to go send a message on the sales team, letting them know that that record had been created. And let's say, again, you're keeping a side ledger here just for reference, and it goes to that side ledger in Excel, and it creates a new row adding that new customer data. Okay, lots of examples of different integration and automation and how you can do this. And triggers can really just be anything you need them to be. It could be the creation of a new order inside of your accounting or e-commerce system. It could be that a row in a commonly used spreadsheet is updated. It could be an email received in your inbox, a customer record created in your accounting solution, a lead request um, inside of a tool like Calendly or Calendar Bridge and others. And actions could be something that occurs. So that invoice is created in QuickBooks with the order information. A message is sent on Teams or Slack. That attachment of that email is included into a SharePoint folder or a Google Drive folder. A calendar invitation is created and sent to all relevant people. And a specific spreadsheet is updated with whatever information is required. Now, in this category product, there are lots of tools that you might want to consider to use. And here are eight that are listed uh, that you might want to consider. Each have their own different benefits and uh, powers and capabilities that are useful for you to know. Uh, the first one, and the one that we're probably going to talk about the most today, is Power Automate, which is from Microsoft. Uh, it's part of the Microsoft 365 ecosystem of products, um, and for many people, it'll probably be the overall best solution for lots of reasons. You know, to uh, including the fact that it's part of 365. If you look at automate some of the stuff in your personal life, well, you've got a tool called if it, if this, then that. Uh, in a lot of ways, this created the space of low-code integration tools. It's been around the longest, primarily focuses on home, internet of things, and other personal projects, but a really compelling product to consider. There's a tool called Zapier or Zapier for those of you who are listening up in Canada. And uh, this tool is a great option when a lot of Touch points are going to be web-based, and it's got the biggest number of products and services it works with, over 3,000. Uh, one of my personal ones, and one you probably wouldn't come across unless you're watching this class, is N8N, which is a really cool solution that is 100% free. Uh, the other products that are listed here are things you're going to have to pay for. Uh, N8N is a open source and free solution that you can just download and run, and while it doesn't have nearly as many connections as Power Automate or Zapier, it's a free tool and it's a great way of just trying things out. And for our Zoho users, Zoho has its own tool, which is Zoho Flow. Now, if we compare these products across the board, here is a, a kind of a look between them. All of them will uh, work on a variety of different touch points, both personal and business. Some will specialize more in others. Um, you know, most have a free plan. Uh, all of them will have paid plans. Most of them will speak to lots of different commonly used business products and services. They do vary in their complexity. In my opinion, as somebody with, um, I would say I'm definitely on the, on the right side of the, of the, uh, technical skills. I find them all to be quite simple and easy and easy to trans and easy to, to work with. If you're a very, very, very basic user here, I think you'd probably find if it to be the simplest and easy. Uh, and if you were a, um, if you were asking me the hardest of these solutions in here, I would probably say it'd be N8N, just solely just because of how many different ways it can be deployed, uh, and the fact that it is a standalone application. 
uh, I would say Power Automate and Zapier, they're probably going to be the ones that I think most people are going to be the best suited for. All right, folks, let's go ahead and have another review question. So let's go ahead and ask ourselves here, which of the following is not an example of an iPass tool? So which of the following would not be something that would be considered an iPass application? Okay, would it be Microsoft Power Automate? Nope, that is definitely an iPass tool. Is it Zapier? Definitely an iPass tool. Is it Zoho Flow? Nope, definitely an iPass tool. Your correct answer here is going to be Google Cloud Connected. Now, the tool that I think is worth kind of exploring um, on its own and giving its own specific time and going to be the tool that we're going to talk about probably the most here is going to be Microsoft Power Automate uh, for lots of different reasons. But the biggest of which is that a lot of our listeners and watchers are going to be part of Microsoft 365 and are already using several different Microsoft applications. So I think for a lot of you, this is gonna be the most approachable solution to consider to use. Now, you can check this out by going to powerautomate.microsoft.com, okay? And some of the things and features and benefits that it touts, well, really, it's about automating quickly and more securely, empowering everybody to build their own automated business processes with really kind of no work or effort on your part other than the initial setup. It's a low-code solution, drag and drop, where you can have lots of pre-built connectors, lots of templates that you can consider using and leveraging so you don't have to do a lot of work yourself. Uh, they've also got some advanced tools, including their process advisor, which can give you recommendations on your existing flows, insights on how they work, function, where errors can occur. And for our really advanced users, they've got some enhanced workflow tools using things such as their AI builder, robotic process automation, and more. You can build processes for extraction of features of documents, so pulling out, for example, invoice number and date from an invoice uh, and automatically importing that into your accounting system. You can also build processes for management approvals, detecting things inside of images, extracting text, and more. Uh, it's really compelling. Now, Power Automate works with lots and lots and lots of different things, hundreds of different applications. I would say it is especially powerful, though, for integrations to, from, and involving other Microsoft services. So in terms of uh, 365, there are dozens of products included in your subscription. Power Automate is going to be really good because it could just easily push and pull data to and from those different applications. Now, it does work with lots of external services too, you know, services like MailChimp or uh, various accounting products and more. Uh, but really, I would say where it really shines is going to be with things already inside of 365. Now, one of the defining features that makes Power Automate different and better, in my opinion, is the fact that it works really well with both cloud-based data and on-premise data. And that's because of what a tool they have called the Data Gateway. The Data Gateway is a product that allows you to be able to connect your local on-premise um, information directly up to the cloud and be able to pull that data into your automation inside of Power Automate. 
okay? And so ultimately what this is doing, it allows you to be able to connect products and services, whether they be in the cloud, whether they be in your local network, in your company's data center. It allows you to connect them together and ultimately allows you to let them speak to each other. Um, and to be clear, they're not really speaking to each other. They're speaking to Power Automate, and Power Automate uh, is speaking to each of them on their own. It's the universal translator, if you will. And it allows you to be able to move data between these different connectors pretty succinctly and easily uh, with Microsoft sitting in the middle taking care and leveraging the Microsoft 365 cloud, for that matter. Now, there are some specific benefits, okay? Again, the first one, it's a Microsoft product, okay? The old adage that uh, nobody ever got fired for, for buying IBM or Microsoft. I mean, it's really true here. It is a fully-fledged Microsoft product, so it has the Microsoft seal of approval. Security, authentication are second to none, and, and frankly, the best. It's not that the other products are bad. They're all using relatively the same uh, security settings, the same manner and methods of connecting, but... I would say Microsoft is its own thing and it works incredibly well. So this is part of their Power Apps line of products. Uh, and I will point out it is really easy, especially if you're a 365 licensed subscriber, because you just add this in addition to your 365 uh, licensing fees. Okay, so just be one more thing and you'll have to buy it for the whole company. You can just buy a license for those who need it. It's got really simple and easy integration with Azure. If you're already using Azure for your business cloud, guess what? This plugs directly in and you will give access directly to Power Automate to your data and your applications inside of that Azure cloud. Really good security, really good privacy. And one of the really cool things I do like about this are the pre-built templates that allow you to get started. Lots of different pre-built templates for supporting all different types of applications to really allow you to harness the power. Now, as great as Power Automate is, there are some specific and unique challenges that we should be familiar with. Like all iPass tools, it's a pretty significant learning curve. Uh, it takes more time to get started in implementing this tool than you're probably thinking. It's not hard per se. I will say it's tedious and it can be laborious. And if you're not familiar with products like this, it can certainly you know, warp your brain a little bit when you start to you know, understand the nature of how they work. And so I will point out that that kind of upfront learning curve can cause frustration and reluctance to utilize the tool. Uh, but, you know, maybe not every single person inside your company is using this. Maybe you have a couple of designated people who design flows and automation procedures for the rest of the organization. PowerMate, Power Automate is not a free tool. There are licensing costs that go along with this. Uh, so please be aware that those are this is going to be a service you have to pay for in addition to your 365 licensing. Other tools like Zapier or N8N, I mean, they can either be free and open source or they could offer a free tier. Power Automate does not. They do offer a trial, but it is not a free tool. Okay, as with all iPaaS tools, they will work until something changes. So they will work into your underlying data and workflow changes, which is then going to ultimately cause your flows to stop working, okay? Now, Power Automate is a great tool for ad hoc, uh, or one-off uh, project. Sorry, it is not a great tool for ad hoc or one-off projects. As with all iPaaS tools, it's primarily focused on repetitive tasks. So don't do this if you're doing a project once. Do this if you're going to do a project lots of times. Now, Power Automate talks to a lot of different products and services that are out there. And I think that's one of the 
most compelling aspects of this application is the fact that what it touches and talks to is fantastic. A lot of the Microsoft products, you're going to see stuff like Basecamp and HubSpot, and you're going to see Adobe, Adobe Sign. You're going to see a lot of Azure products. Uh, there are hundreds of different tools. And there's also lots of different templates that you can consider using as well. Uh, there are lots of templates to do lots of different things. And I think this is one of the really nice things about Power Automate compared to some of the other products is that with these templates, you're not starting off from nothing. You've got at least something to give you an idea of different ways people are using this product. So here's one, for example, start an approval when a file is submitted to SharePoint. Okay, they're using the approvals process where people can verify and agree to signing off on something. Okay, notify a uh, notify a team when a planner task changes status. So if you're using Microsoft Planner, something changes, send a notification out to teams to let people know. Save comments on Instagram posts to a Google Sheet. So after you post something on Instagram, go and pull down all those comments and save them, in this case, not even to Excel, to Google Sheets. Protect the PDF document with a password and then send via email. Send an email when an event is added or deleted in Outlook. Uh, send a customized email when a new file is added. Lots of different ways you can automate your tasks. There are three types of tasks or flows inside of Power Automate. You have automated flows, instant flows, and scheduled flows. That kind of goes back to the exact methods I told you. Uh, you can have a trigger and you can do things on a trigger basis or you can do things on a scheduled basis. On a trigger basis, it's triggered by an event, email, uh, something gets added, mentioning of a company uh, or a person in social media. It sees that occurs and then we'll do those particular tasks on your behalf. We have instant tasks. Basically, you got a button on your desktop. You click a button and it does whatever work you've asked it to do. You know, for example, sending a reminder to your team uh, from your mobile device. You can hit something like a, a, an app on your mobile device and it'll just go ahead and do that work for you. And you can also set up stuff to run on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. You know, backing up of SharePoint, moving up data from, you know, system A to system B. The point is you could set your flows up to really kind of manage uh, anything and everything that you might want. Now, some of the more complicated and powerful aspects of Power Automate, they've got this robotic process automation, RPA, which basically is a UI-based automation user interface where it's going to watch you as you work and then build integration based off of how you physically do the work. Pretty nifty. That AI builder, building automation and finding insights using AI modeling, and really it's machine learning more than anything else. And then also their process advisor, simplifying what you do by finding bottlenecks and helping you discover ways of eliminating those bottlenecks inside of your day-to-day -day work. Now, Power Automate is not free. It is a solution that is going to require licensing. So you've got a couple of different paths of licensing. Most commonly is the price per user. At the time of this recording, it was $15 per user per month, allowing individual users to build unlimited cloud flows based off of their specific needs. Okay. They also offer a higher tier of this at 40, which includes that robotic process automation that I mentioned a little bit ago, as well as their AI builder service with some specific credits. But let's say you want to have a task and a flow and you want it to be available for everybody. Well, that 15 bucks per month can be pretty pricey, you know? So you could also just do it per automation and make it available to everybody in your account at a hundred bucks. Uh, and that'll get you five flows per month and it'll allow you to be able to utilize this across your whole company. Now, one other tool that's worth mentioning inside of Power Automate here is going to be the data gateway. 
And the data gateway is the ability to be able to connect on-premise data up to the Microsoft Cloud. Okay, and they can do everything from connecting traditional spreadsheets to your actual databases inside of your corporate network, your data center, more like that. I will point out you do not need to get a gateway if all of your data is already in the cloud and specifically like an Azure or some, through some sort of uh, SaaS software as a service environment. So it's really useful for organizations that have some data locally and some data up in the cloud. And it's really helpful for organizations that are looking to connect both their local stuff as well as data uh, that is in the cloud. And the typical flow, you've got your raw data, you're going to connect through some sort of typically ODBC, open database connectivity. It's a standard for interoperability of databases. And then ultimately up to that data gateway, and it'll just work and function directly on your behalf and simple, easy, and really good to go. All right, folks, let's go ahead and have our next review question. When do you need to use a data gateway? How convenient for this question. Okay, do you need to use a data gateway when the data is natively in a cloud database, for example, up in Azure? No, you do not. Do you need to use a data gateway when it is inside of a Power BI app? You know, nope. Guess what? You don't have to do that there. When the information is manually inputted into uh, a solution such as Power BI or other Power Apps. Nope, you don't. You really only need to use a data gateway when the data resides on a local computer, the system resides on a local computer, and it's not coming in through another Microsoft Power App or through Power BI or through a cloud service such as QuickBooks. Uh, it really only has to come in when the data is inside of um, something locally on your computer. Now, we're gonna discuss some of the other iPaaS tools here just for a minute, and then uh, we're gonna go ahead and take our break. But there are a couple of other tools and services that are worth mentioning, and I'll briefly go through what these are and how they function and why you might want to consider them. But remember, you can also check these out in the slide materials, and if Power Automate doesn't fit your needs, maybe consider a different tool. Now, outside of Power Automate, the next biggest product and service I would recommend would be Zapier. Uh, it is, in my opinion, probably the best, especially if all of your data is cloud-based. It's very robust. Uh, it's got a lot of features and functions inside of it. And its biggest benefit is the fact that it works with so many different uh, services. Okay, Works exactly the same as Power Automate. Trigger action. Something happens, go do something somewhere else. Okay. Uh, I think the user interface for this tool is pretty easy. It's pretty easy to understand. Uh, you basically start with a trigger and then you work your way down to the different actions. And it's really simple, fill in the blank setup, not a lot of work for you to consider to do. They do have a free price plan, which is pretty nifty uh, to get started. Now, another tool for those of you who are in the Zoho ecosystem of products and services, which is a wonderful uh, set of products to better manage your business. And one of the powerful things about Zoho is when everything just kind of comes together under one platform. So it's a great competitor product to 365. And they have Zoho Flow. Again, also trigger an action. It's all web-based, point and click between the different uh, services and solutions. And I would say where Zoho really shines here, it's got great pricing, 10 bucks uh, or 24, okay? So 
<clears throat> and what I'm going to point out here, this is for the entire organization. So I think that, you know, cost effectively, it's one of the best out there and best bang for your buck. Uh, and it supports a wide range of connections. Uh, now, it's really good within the Zoho ecosystem, but beyond Zoho, it does connect to over 650 other services, including QuickBooks, Stripe, Calendly, Google Calendar, and more. And again, it's got a really simple interface, drag and drop. You pick the solution, the product that you're looking to do. It connects them all up to each other. You can do multi-step where it does this, then does this, more. Uh, and it just, just will continue to do the work for you. On a personal side, I would tell you if this, then that. If it, really good solution for automation of a lot of your common uh, household and Internet of Things app. And as I mentioned, in a lot of ways, it created this space. Um, their tool's been around since 2011, definitely predating many of the bigger solutions on the product today. And it's really designed around personal and Internet of Things and home needs. Uh, so a lot of social media connectors, things for sports, things for college sports. Uh, you know, um, you, you're going to find a lot of your stuff around, for example, like your Nest devices for the thermostats or the uh, Roku devices, the Alexa devices and more. Uh, and it's got a ton of integration options. And really, again, it's around connecting anything to anything else. Now, traditionally, it's always been a one-to-one -one ratio. One uh, one applet did one thing, but it's starting to do more. And they now have a multi-stage workflow uh, that you can choose to use. So you can do a lot of stuff with this. You can get notifications personally about weather conditions sent to your phone based off of where you are. You can get notifications that if certain stocks go above or below to send you an email or a push notification. You can set it to automatically download tagged photos of yourself from social media to your Dropbox or Google account. Back up your contact records from one service provider to the other uh, and more. Okay. And they also have a free version of this. So if you're looking to get started here, pretty good solution to consider. Now, speaking of free, another really good solution to consider checking out as well is going to be N8N, their community edition, totally free. And it's also open source for those of you who are concerned about privacy. You can run 100% of this right inside of your direct ecosystem. You can run this 100% on your own. Uh, which is really cool. It's super extendable. You can create your own uh, integration services. It's going to be a little bit more complex than the other products and services. But again, I mean, you get the ability to run this on your own computer in your own network. So you have 100% control over this. So admittedly, it's not going to be as simple as some of the other products. But in my mind, I mean, to me anyways, this is the one I actually really like using. Okay, and this is the one that I personally have probably had the most experience with, this in Power Automate. Uh, they got lots of pre-built workflows, lots of pre-built ways of being able to leverage and use this solution. But the thing I really think is great is 100% self-hosted. So you get control over every aspect of your data, the security, management, and more. But if you don't want to use this tool for your business, you don't want to take the headache of you know, managing it, configuring it, and updating yourself, they do offer a paid service. It's identical, uh, but it's essentially just managed for you. Okay, now with respect to one additional product and service that you might want to consider in conjunction with, um, in conjunction to uh, your uh, integration platform as a service solutions would be a tool called CData. Now, iPass tools are great for connecting and bringing your data together, 
But C data is a helper tool and it's going to give you access to the actual data itself. Okay. So, you know, especially if you're on premise solutions where you've got either databases or spreadsheets, you need something to be able to connect those things up to the cloud and up to these iPaaS tools. And what C data focuses on is they make connectors for pretty much every major business accounting, CRM, ERP solution out there, making the actual data itself easy to access. Uh, and it would be otherwise unreachable. So you might find, for example, you're using a Sage product or a QuickBooks product or an Oracle product or whatever, but you want to be able to get things up to Power BI or you want to get things up to um, other cloud-based solutions. Well, this tool can be really helpful because it will essentially act as the interpreter bringing the data out of that platform and product and bringing it up to the cloud for you. Okay, so again, that's CData and you can check it out by going to CData. All right, folks, let's have one last review question, and then we will go ahead and take a break. Which iPaaS tool would be best suited for personal home or IoT projects? Would it be Zoho Flow? I don't think so. Great business solution, but not for personal use. Would it be Zapier? Again, business solution, not really for personal use. Uh, would it be N8N? Nah, I don't think so. I think the best solution here would be if this, then that. Uh, although technically you could certainly use any of these products for personal use, I would say if this, then that would be your overall best solution for personal integration in IoT and home projects. <laughs> 